2 Samuel chapter number 12 in your Bible. Uh, if you know anything, you know that uh, 12 comes after 11. Say amen right there. Yeah, there was only four people that knew that. Amen. How many of you knew that 12 comes after 11? Amen. Now we're doing better. Amen. All right, look here in chapter number 12 and verse number 13. The Bible says, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. Let's pray and you can be seated. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for letting us be here in this revival meeting. I pray, God, your blessings upon every message, Lord, that has been preached and the messages to come. And I'm praying, God, that you would fill me, Lord, with your spirit. I'm asking, God, tonight that you would uh, take over my body. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit of God, which dwells inside of me, uh, I would take over my lips, my mind, my tongue, my throat, my abilities tonight. And God, that you would preach me like you would Paul or Peter uh, if they were here tonight. I'm praying, God, that the power of God would proceed from the pulpit uh, in such a manner, God, that every person, every soul, uh, God, would be touched tonight. And I'm praying, Lord Jesus, uh, Holy Spirit of God, that if there be someone that is not saved uh, in this congregation tonight, uh, that you would deal in their hearts, Lord, that they may see themselves uh, in a lost condition, see themselves like you see them, uh, and that, God, this may be the night that somebody uh, may come to you and be gloriously, wonderfully, awesomely, tre uh, tremendously, miraculously saved by the grace of God. And, Lord, for what you do, we'll thank you, we'll praise you, uh, and we'll run around all over the country telling everybody what you've done here at the Bible Baptist Church. And, God, for that, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. You can be seated. Uh, now, I want to back up into chapter number 11 for just a little bit, uh, and uh, I'm going to say a few words, I hope it doesn't upset anybody, but when we're looking at this story, I'm going to try to put it into a picture like a play or a show. I'm going to use this word, a movie, oh, a movie, and in this show or this picture that we're portraying, we've got several characters in the story. Uh, when you see a, a movie, a show, a lot of times at the end of it, uh, it will uh, bring up some characters that were in there, some actors uh, uh, that were involved in uh, the movie or the show, uh, uh, the play. Uh, and it will tell you some things about them. It'll say that one was the star of, of the movie. Uh, that means that that person was the main character in uh, that film. Uh, and then there may be some co-stars involved, and then there may just be uh, uh, some supporting actors, if you will, uh, that just kind of filled in around them. But the focus was really just on uh, perhaps one individual uh, in that movie, uh, or that show, or that play. And so then, I wanna back up to chapter number 11, and chapter number 11 for preachers, it's, a, it's an amazing chapter. Uh, if a preacher can't preach out of Second uh, Samuel chapter number 11, he needs to uh, uh, tell everybody that he missed it, uh, and uh, if he's got papers, he needs to turn them back in. 
for you have everything to preach about in chapter number 11. You say, preacher, like what? Well, you've got a, a man named David and I'm gonna use him tonight as a picture of the sinner. And then you've got one named Bathsheba and though she sinned as well, I'm gonna use her as a type and picture of Satan using someone as a snare. Then I see Uriah. He's a soldier of God and then there's Nathan and of course he's a servant of God and then there's others involved like Joab and others. But we're gonna focus on the most important character in this event of scriptures. Now you say, well, I believe I know who that would be. Of course, it'd have to be David. Well, let's just look at it for a moment and we'll zoom in and find who should be the star of this story. And then we'll see who the co-stars and the supporting actors might be. Y'all ready to take a trip? It says the first time since I've been saved, I went into church and saw a movie. <laughs> I see beginning here, I see this man named David. Hey, in verse number one, the Bible says, and it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings went forth to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Ramah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. Hey, preacher, I'm not gonna take the time to go into details. I believe this. I believe that if you've been here for 23 years, that you probably preached out of this chapter several times in 23 years years. My, my, my. The man that the Bible declares is a man after God's own heart here in this scripture. This is the place that we usually go to. Now I realize he counted the people in another place and that was something he shouldn't have done. But here it seems like this is where the focus is at when we zoom in on David's life. Many times people forget about, amen, how that he was so close to God and how that he wrote the Psalms and how that he killed the giant and all all the things that he did that was so great and they focus on this one failure. And uh, we as people many times do such things. Uh, we look at somebody and they may live for God for five years and then they stumble. Uh, and we just tell them we don't think we, they were ever saved to start with. Got to be careful with that uh, because we're going to have a hard time with people like Samson and others in the Bible. Uh, amen. If nobody can ever slip and fall. Uh, amen. Some fall a lot. Amen, I'm not trying to encourage anybody to fall. You shouldn't fall, you should stay close to God. But there are those, amen, that slip and fall. And in David's case, we know he was a believer. We know that he knew God in this very place in his life. But David chose to do some things that he should not have done. What should he have done and what shouldn't he have done? And I'm not gonna take a lot of time, but I wanna say that David stayed home instead of going to the battle. And David, saw a woman and David sent and inquired about her and then David sent and had her brought to him and he took her, he lay with her and then the Bible says that she sent and told him that she was with child. He's in a mess, he sinned and now it's found out. What's he gonna do? He's gonna try to cover it up. And so what does he do? He sends to Joab to send Uriah, her husband. That's not good. 
if you want to remember uh, who was taking the bath, it was Bathsheba, okay? Uh, and that'll help you to remember. But Bathsheba was taking a, a bath. Uh, and uh, I've heard preachers in camp meetings, sometimes they'll get up uh, and uh, one will say, uh, well, uh, you know, she, uh, she knew he was home and she was over there. And then the next one will get up at the next camp meeting and say, uh, he was supposed to be gone, uh, but he stayed home. And so uh, I don't know if she knew he was there or not, but somehow in some way she was taking a bath. He saw her from the rooftop uh, and he see it uh, and inquired about her. They said, oh, uh, that's Uriah's wife. Uh, but he sent for her anyway and he brought her and he committed that adultery with her uh, and she conceived a child. And I've had preachers get up and preach and say she was a wicked, ungodly, and they used all kinds of slur names for her uh, because she messed up the, uh, the, the King David. Uh, but uh, then I've had others get up and say, what choices did she have? It was not like it is today. And when David sent for her, she was to come before the presence of the king. And then when David uh, made advances to her, uh, she was in a tough place to be. And so then, I don't blame everything on the Sheba, amen, and you shouldn't blame everything on the Sheba, amen, but you should know that David, amen, stayed home when he should have went to battle, and David sent for her, and now she's with child, and uh, then I see that he brings in her husband Uriah, and uh, he tries to send Uriah down to her uh, and let him be with his wife and that way he can cover up, uh, sweep it under the carpet, uh, make it go away. And uh, But Uriah has too much character for that. We could preach about that. My, my, how couldn't you preach about uh, the character, uh, the soldier uh, of God? He said, I will not do this thing. And uh, what did David do? He tried to get him drunk. My, my, you can find all th- all kinds of things. It's a, it's a preaching paradise uh, right here in chapter 11 and uh, though it's a sad story we see uh, that David uh, ends up sending out and uh, sending a letter by Uriah after he tried on more than one occasion to get him to go be with his wife uh, but he had too much character to do it Uh, he uh, went back uh, and he took a letter with him and gave it to Joab and Joab sent him to the front lines uh, and betrayed him and backed away and uh, he was killed And David's got away with it. Brother Laddie David, probably when he heard, he was probably saddened a little bit, but he felt like probably that now it's all covered up and nobody's gonna find out. And so he sent for Uriah's wife and he takes her to be his and it's all covered up and and nobody's found out. And my, 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 David, man, he must be the star in this part of the scriptures. But I wanna say that he's not the star in this story. And then there's a, a Bathsheba. And uh, my, my, uh, you could say, man, she must have been beautiful uh, to have uh, attempted him in just a, a glimpse uh, that turned into looking and staring. Uh, and James has something to say about that. Uh, amen. Uh, it was more than just that he looked, uh, but he lusted after her. And then that, when that lust is conceived, uh, it brings forth sin. But she's not the main character in the story. 
And then we can look at Uriah. And again, the character of Uriah is amazing. Uh, rather than uh, to, uh, uh, to go and to be with his wife when his brethren were on the field in battle. He said, I cannot do this thing. I will not do this. And uh, what character that he had. And so you can say, well, I'm sure you're going to preach about Uriah. He's got to be the star. Oh, no, no, not Uriah. And you say, well, I know who it is then. It surely ain't Job, so it must be Nathan. And I would say that your pastor has preached about Nathan. He's probably preached that great message that God gave us the title, Thou Art the Man. Every preacher that's got, uh, somebody said, worth salt. I don't know how much uh, salt I'm worth. Amen. But uh, somebody said, if a preacher's worth his salt, uh, amen, uh, then surely he's preached about Nathan. And he's preached against what David done. And he's preached against what Bathsheba's done. And he's preached about Uriah and how much character that he had. And all these, uh, you would think we could pick out one and amongst all these great ones uh, to be the main character, the star of the chapter. But I want to say I wouldn't pick David. Oh, he's involved a lot. I wouldn't pick Bathsheba. I wouldn't pick Uriah as the main character in the story. And I wouldn't pick Nathan, even though he's the man of God and had enough courage. I mean, it would be about like you, uh, amen, walking up to, uh, to Nancy Pelosi and saying, thou art the woman right in her face. It takes some, it takes some courage now. Uh, you would know that you could, uh, amen, end up getting a lot of trouble. Uh, amen. Uh, you know that you could go to, uh, to jail or maybe even prison. Uh, and if she could get by with it, maybe even more than that. But I'm not going to say that Nathan's the main character in the story. And you say, well, preacher, you've run out of characters. Uh, uh, there's nobody left. There's David, there's Bathsheba, there's Uriah, there's Nathan, there's Joab. Uh, who else have you got? Uh, well, I want you to turn back to chapter number 12. Uh, and I'm gonna preach uh, on a, a character in this story uh, uh, that maybe, just maybe, Brother Gravely, you may have never heard anybody preach on this uh, character in this scripture. Uh, look back again in our opening verse. In verse number 13, the Bible says, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord hath also put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. Boy, ain't that good news? And then there's this word. You ought to underline it. The next word in verse 14 says, How be it? I looked up the word how be it. Amen. The word carries the meaning of uh, but or instead of. Uh, it would do no harm here if we were to say, you shall not die instead or but, amen, because of this deed, thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. And tonight, I'm gonna preach on this character right here. I believe this character right here is the greatest character in the story. I've asked great men of God. I said, Brother Jones, uh, uh, James Jones, I said, Brother Jones, let me show you something right here. Have you ever heard a message just about the child? Brother Jones, with all of his years, he said, no, Brother Frazier, I don't think I ever have. I asked other individuals, uh, great men of God, have you ever heard a message that's just dedicated? Oh, they may mention that the child died, but can you focus in on this character in the story? And most men said, I've, in all my years, have not heard a message that's just dedicated to this one individual in the story. What I want to do tonight, I want to preach this message. I want to preach on the Christ-like 
child. The Christ-like child. Hey man, I, I got to thinking about this child. Now, I will tell you what happened. As soon as a man of God said, uh, David, uh, you're not going to die. God is going to put away your sin. I believe David smiled and David probably felt some, uh, some weight come off of him. His heart probably wasn't as, as, as heavy and burdened and he probably, that lump in his throat may have started to go away. You mean God's going to forgive me? God's going to put away my sin? Woo! I don't know if he shouted or not, but I bet he was getting, in fact, fixing ready to. And then he said, but instead the child shall surely die. See, I want you to understand something tonight. The wages of sin is it's death. The wages of sin is death. Somebody has to die. Thank God for the remainder of the verse, but the gift of God, amen, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so then, amen, we can see all the types and pictures, but now we want to zoom in on the main character. We want to zoom in on the star of, of this part of the scriptures, and it's the child. You said the child, he wasn't even old enough to do anything. What are you talking about, the child? God, in order to forgive David, and in order to forgive Bathsheba, he took the child. Rightly so, and everybody in here would say, amen, David deserved to die for what he's done. Not only has he committed adultery, he's also, amen, broke one of the woes of the Bible and he's presented a drink to his neighbor's lip trying to get Uriah to get drunk and cover it up. He's trying to hide his sin. All of these things are loading up on David because of his lust and his sin. Amen, it's getting heavier and heavier and heavier in David's life and he's covering it up and he's had a man killed. And God says, David, I'm going to let you live. I'm going to put away your sin. But to child, how be it? Instead of, instead of you, David, someone's going to die in your place. So who you, who you focusing in on here? I'm focusing on some things in this child's life that would let us see a picture of the Lord Jesus in these scriptures. Follow with me for just a minute. I won't be much longer. First of all, I want to say uh, uh, that the child, uh, amen, came into the world because of sin. Now, truly, now before you get critical and get to the back door and start telling me, well, Jesus was not brought into this world because of adultery, and I know that he wasn't. I know that they, uh, that they accused his mother, but she was a virgin when she conceived the Lord. I'm not talking about that act. I'm talking about the very fact that Jesus came into the world because of sin. The Bible says that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. The very reason that the Christ child came into this world was because of sin. Amen. The Bible says when he told them to name him, he started off that his name shall be called Emmanuel. What is that? God with us. And then thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. You say, yeah, but this this little baby right here, Jesus didn't die as a baby. But in order for this character uh, to stay true, uh, number two, uh, uh, the child was sinless. Somebody tell me what the child did. Tim, tell me what the child did. David, uh, stand up. You've read this. Tell me what the child did. 
Brother Heidi, you can bring no accusation against the child. The child was sinless in this story. I'll tell you about a savior that was birthed into this world through a virgin womb and he came in sinless perfection and he left out sinless perfection. 33 and a half years our savior walked on this earth and never, never sinned even one time. Somebody said, well, when he was being tempted, he could have sinned. No, uh, no, uh, he's sinless perfection. Uh, He's God in the flesh and could not have sinned. Say, well, then why did God tempt him like that or allow him to be tempted by the devil uh, uh, to prove uh, to us that he could not sin? Amen. He was sinless, this baby. Amen. Not only uh, was the child brought into the world because of sin, uh, but I want to say the, the baby was innocent. Uh, number three, uh, uh, the baby's life was taken so that sinners could live. Oh, can you see how come uh, I could say that the main character in this story? Uh, uh, let me just say for a moment, what if, uh, what if uh, uh, the baby didn't uh, exist? What if she didn't uh, come up with child? Uh, uh, well, would he have still committed the adultery? And the answer is yes. And then what if uh, uh, someone saw it? Uh, Or what if uh, uh, she shared it on Facebook or Twitter or something and somebody uh, found out about it? Uh, It's amazing to me. It's amazing. Ain't it amazing to you uh, uh, that somebody will get caught up in sin and put it on social media and they get mad because you found out? Got a preacher friend. One of the teachers in his school, a young girl, she got a, a, a tattoo all the way down her side. And she got on there I, I, on social media. He said, I didn't look at it. I didn't want to see it. I, but he said somebody brought it to him. And she had got in a bikini and showed everybody her half body tattoo down her side. When he confronted her about it and said she couldn't be a Sunday school teacher and act that way, she got all mad. I thought, my, my, you put it on there. You knew everybody was going to see it. It amazes me how how they'll put pictures or they'll tell stories and think nobody's going to know about it. But you typed it in. You was the one that took the picture. You ought to sue your brain for non-support. So I see here that his life was taken so that sinners could live. If there was no baby, I asked the question. Could someone have died for David in this story? So the main character then would be the one that saved the people in this story. Amen. Now, don't get nervous. I'm not going to say when we get to heaven, uh, Jesus is going to be sitting on the throne uh, and then beside of him is going to be David's illegitimate child. I'm not talking like that, David. You can see the picture. Uh, uh, The picture is that this child came into the world because of sin. And you can see that this child was innocent and sinless uh, when it died. You say, preacher, who killed the baby? Joab didn't kill the baby. And Nathan didn't kill kill the baby. Nowhere does it say uh, that God told Nathan, take a sword uh, and take the baby into the bedroom uh, and decapitate the baby and bring it back out and say this is because of your sin. No, you won't find it. Why, why uh, does God not tell us who it was that took the baby? I'll tell you who took the baby. You'll know who took the baby. God took the baby. 
God said, because of what you've done. And you know, it doesn't say because the baby cries a lot or the baby has done this or that. No, it says because you did it, David. I see David is, is tore up bad. I got this feeling, uh, uh, Brother Freed, that when, uh, when uh, Nathan said, uh, God has put away your sin, maybe perhaps a smile come on David's face. Uh, and uh, when he said, uh, you shall not die, I believe he probably got excited and said, woo, I'm not gonna die. Woo, I missed that one. Woo. And then he said, but the baby's gonna take your place. And it tore him out of the frame. It bothered him bad. You can read your Bible, and I know you have, Brother Laddie. What did David do? Oh, he went and celebrated and had a party and invited all to come from all the regions round about. And he celebrated, and they had a big fancy ball because he didn't get killed. No, he didn't. I'll tell you what he did. He took off his royal garment. He made his way over into a room, and he didn't eat. He couldn't sleep. I mean, it tore him up. You know what happened? You know what bothered him? Uh, He's bothered because somebody died in my place. Somebody had to pay for my sin. Somebody, somebody besides me, it was my fault. I did it. And he paid the price. He was in such a way that even his servants were afraid to go into the room. They even check on him to offer him something to eat or anything. They were afraid. I wonder why they were afraid. Maybe because David was in there and just asleep and they thought we better not wake him up. Do you think so, Brother Laddie? Or do you think perhaps maybe David had found his way over in the corner and he's weeping and sobbing and he's begging God, Oh God, it's my fault. Oh God, please don't take the baby. Oh God, take me. Oh God, I did it. And for hours and hours and hours and days, David was begging God, It's my fault, God, don't take the baby. You want a real revival? You know what it's going to take? Amen. I'll tell you what it's going to take. I, I, I've seen revivals. Amen. I've been in, I was in one revival. Brother Jacob knows. Eight weeks, 78 saved in that revival meeting. I've seen some big times, some big meetings. I'll tell you what it's going to take. You know what it takes for you to get a revival? Jesus gives us a hint on the very last churches. Amen. Before he comes. You know what he said? You've left your first love. You've got to get back to seeing him high and lifted up. You've got to get back to seeing him dying in your place. Where's the enjoyment of that sin when you know that somebody died in your place? Oh, you think David ran off to his room? Hey, man, and he probably sat in there, Brother Jones, and probably said, oh, man, I know it's bad, but boy, I enjoyed it when I was doing those things. No, No, all he could think about was somebody dying in my place. All David could think of, uh, it costed someone their life uh, because of my sin. And for day after day after day after day, uh, some seven days, he wept and cried and pleaded with God and begged with God, Oh God, please! 
But the only way that David could live was for God to take the baby. You want to know who took Jesus? You want to know who allowed him to die? Does anybody want to know? The Roman soldiers did not kill Jesus. It wasn't Pilate. Pilate had no power to take Jesus. Jesus is God. It wasn't the Jews, and you can name off a pile of others. And sure enough, we could even throw ourselves in the pot and say it was us that took the life of Jesus. Hey, it may be because of us, but if you want to know why he died, it was because God took Jesus. You say, you ain't got no scripture for that. Mama mia, I do too. Jesus said, no man take my life. Them Roman soldiers didn't take his life. The chief priest didn't take his life. Herod or, or Pontius Pilate didn't take his life. Caesar could. Hey, none of those men could take his life. God, the Lord Jesus said, I lay it down. It was God. God took his life. And why? Because of my sin. George, it was your sin. That's how you know my name, because I heard him say, George, you testify. It was you, George. It was me. It was Brother Laddie. It was David. It was Brother Freed. It was Brother Williams. It was even Sister Cape. Brother Cape, it was it was us. The reason that he died was because of us. It was our sin. You say, well, I never committed no adultery with Bathsheba. No, but if you've committed a sin, if, and you have, all of sin and come short of the glory of God, there's none righteous, no, not one. All of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. All we like sheep have gone astray, and the, and the list goes on and on, and the, and, and the scriptures go on and on to prove, amen, and bear witness against us that we're sinners and that we were born in iniquity, shaping even in iniquity, and it's our fault. It's our fault. The Bible even breaks down our sin into three categories. One of the categories is called iniquity, and that's what you're born with. David said, I was, I was shaping in iniquity. When he was being formed, he was born into iniquity. And why? Because he had the blood from Adam which had sinned. And because of that, it came down through the gene- genealogies and down through the lineages. Hey, And sin was surging in his veins even when he was born. And you were born like that too. And then the Bible declares not only sin, but it talks about transgression. What is transgression? Transgression is when you cross a line. It's like trespassing. I came by a sign up in Sweetwater, and this man had been having problems with somebody stealing stuff out of his car garage. And so he had a sign up there, and it said, No trespassing. Well, they just went right back in there and stole some stuff the next week. Uh, the next week, it had, No trespassing. Uh, trespassers will be shot on sight. I don't know if that stopped it or not, but I guarantee you if I'd have been a thief, I wouldn't have went back in there. Transgression is when you step across the line. 
Amen. You, God draws a line and you step across it. God said don't eat of the fruit of the tree in the garden, but they stepped across it. Amen. Something maybe you've never seen. The Bible says that when Eve went to that tree and that old serpent devil, amen, you know what he did according to the Bible? The Bible says when she saw that the tree was good for, that the fruit was good for food. Did you see that? When she saw that the fruit was good, when she saw that the tree was good for food, he took a bite of it. That stinking low down sorry devil took a bite of that. You say, I've never heard such a thing. When she saw that the the tree was good for food. Are y'all listening to me? That stinking thing said, uh, of all these trees in the garden, how about this tree? She said, of all the trees in the garden, God said, I could eat, but I can't eat this one. And you know what? She said, in the day that we eat thereof, we shall surely die. And he said, thou shalt not die, and ripped it off and took a bite out of it. You said, I've never heard that. When she saw that the tree was good for food, Somebody's eating it. Satan, it wouldn't have affected him. He's already lost. He's already doomed. And when she saw him eat it and he didn't die, then she took and she ate and gave it to her husband. And he did eat. It's crossing a line. It's stepping across. Can you stay with me for just a minute or two more? Amen, here in the scriptures. Uh, amen, we see a baby takes the place uh, of the sinner. Uh, amen, the baby, uh, amen, is brought into the world because of sin. The baby is innocent, sinless. Uh, uh, the baby's life is taken so others can live. Uh, uh, number four, amen, the baby went to heaven or paradise at this time. So how do you know that? Because after those seven days, the child died in verse 18. Then the Bible says in verse number 19, but when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore David said unto his servants, is the child dead? And they said, he is dead. Then David rose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Then uh, uh, the Bible says, then he came to his own house and uh, when, he, uh, 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 when he required, uh, uh, they set bread before him uh, and he did eat. Uh, then the servant said unto him, uh, what thing is this that thou hast done? Uh, thou didst fast and weep for the child while it was alive. Uh, but when the child was dead, uh, uh, thou didst rise and eat bread. Uh, and he said, while the child was yet alive, uh, I fasted and wept. Uh, for I said, who can tell whether God will be gracious to me? That the child may that the child may live, but now he's dead. Wherefore should I fast? Now hold on. Can I bring him back again? And the answer is no. He says I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. Where is this baby? He's in paradise. Amen. We know it's in the heart of the earth at this time. This baby went to paradise. Amen. And David is saying, because this baby died, I can go and be with him. Y'all ain't getting this, are you? Amen. Because the Lord Jesus died and shed his blood and took our place. Because he paid the debt. Amen. We can be redeemed and forgiven and washed and sanctified and justified. And because of 
what Jesus did, we can go and be with him. Lastly, I see, uh, amen, he was waiting for David. I believe when the child got there, the child probably was waiting for David to come. Let me tell you something about Jesus, and I'm closing out. There's never been someone love you like Jesus. No one ever cared for me, the song said, like Jesus. Jesus said, no greater love hath man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friend. You want a revival? I'll tell you what to do. Get a fresh glimpse of him dying for your sin. Bible says, if I be lifted up, it's talking about the Lord Jesus. And truly he was lifted up at Calvary. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Uh, you know what? Uh, if you'll lift him up in your, in, your, in your life and in your thoughts and in your mind uh, and in your heart again, uh, and you'll see him uh, dying in your place. You remember when you first got saved? Uh, you remember when it felt so high uh, and you felt so clean uh, and you felt so close to God? Uh, it was because you just saw him. You just saw him dying for your sin. And now you've lost that first love and it's not close like it was. And you need to see it all over again. Because of your sin, he died. Because of his death, you live. I wonder tonight if there's somebody, maybe this message maybe is, has adjusted your vision and brought in clearly again that somebody died in your place before they sang, I want to... I want to just hum along maybe, give you some words to a song. There's an old song a guy wrote up in Kingston. He's passed away now. The name of the song is Somebody Died for You. It goes something like this. It just breaks my heart to see you this way struggling along. Day after day, you don't have to live in sin and despair. There's someone who knows, someone who cares. Somebody died for you, laid down his life for you. Someone cried in love to his Father above. Not my will, but thine for you. He was crucified for you. And oh, what a price for you. He took his call and he gave his all. Somebody died for you. I wish there were words that I might could say to bring you to Jesus, to show you the way. But all of my tears and all that I cried they won't get you to heaven. Do you realize that 
somebody died for you, laid down his life for you. Someone cried in love to his Father above, not my will, but thine for you. He was crucified for you. And oh, what a price for you. He took his call and he gave his all. Somebody died for you. Let's bow our heads together tonight. Preacher, you come. I wonder tonight. Do you still feel that lump in your chest and your throat? Do you still remember that time that you weeped out and cried out to God? Oh God, I'm wicked. Oh God, I'm wicked. God, I'm just a sinner. And God said, I'm going to let you live forever. And joy flooded your soul, but then he told you. It didn't come cheap. It come because I let my son die in your place. And he was sinless. He was perfect. He never sinned. He never done anything wrong, not even a bad thought. Our Savior, our Lord, our Master, our God came down here to take your place. Oh, I'll tell you what will give you a revival, a fresh glimpse of Jesus. I'll tell you what will stir your heart, a, a fresh look at God. I'll tell you what will spur you to live cleaner and spur you to live more godly for God. I'll tell you what will make you desire the things of God. It'll be you looking back at Jesus dying, shedding His blood so that you can have eternal life. Oh, God, I thank you tonight. There's no way I could have pleased you. God, there was nothing I could do that was good enough. So, God, you love me enough to send Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Holy Spirit of God, I praise you tonight that you came where I was and you showed me and you pricked my heart and you showed me manifesting that Jesus loved me and gave himself for me. But I praise you tonight, Lord Jesus, for you're the sinless one and it's you that changed my life. When I saw you, I lifted up the shame hit me because it was my fault. And I hate sin, Lord. I hate it. Because sin is why you died. Help us, Lord, in this church. Revive us, oh God. Oh God, could you, could you let us just see you high lifted up one more time? It'll help us, Lord. And for that, we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Preacher, I'm done.